Welcome into the Sports Hub Patriots podcast season and review show. Alex Barth, Matt Dolliff with you from 985thesportshub.com. Hello, Barth. Hello. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been, uh, I think, more than a couple weeks, right? I think we missed two. Okay. I had the whole, uh, I had the whole like, last week of the year off. Right. And then uh, that whole thing with Tamar Hamlin, we're just like, you know, let's not talk football for a few days. Yeah. So, yeah, we're back. We're back to and the to, season's over to baby. wrap it up. Right. Um, <laughs> the, the 2022 Patriots season is over. The team finishes eight, nine. They miss the playoffs. It's hard not to just off the jump. Look at where this team was at this point last year. Rookie quarterback into the postseason. And yeah, they backed in a little bit, but a rookie quarterback gets to the playoffs. Nobody was saying they were a Super Bowl contender last year, but I think there was a general consensus that they were building towards something, yes. that there was momentum, that they were a team on the rise. As we sit here today, a year later, Matt, it's tough to say that. At least they feel a lot further away now than they did a year ago. Yeah, well, it's tough to say they're building towards something because they took a step back. You right. Know? And I think getting rid I think well, not getting rid of, but losing Josh McDaniels sort of gutted the offense, and it's, it took away more of a step back than I think most of us even imagined, even with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge running the offense. And I know that this very station was sounding the alarms uh, you know, early and often about that, And uh, but I was willing to see how it went, and uh, it didn't go particularly well. So I think uh, they, they made a huge mistake. Bill made a huge mistake to uh, li- to leave the offense in the hands of guys that have never done it before. You know, I could see – making them offensive assistants under a uh, more established offensive sure. coordinator play caller, you know, mentor them under someone who was actually done it before. But uh, I think it was, I think he, uh, Bill put too much on his plate and I think he put too much on Matt Patricia's plate. And I think that's what really set them back. I think if you get more, you get better real offensive coaches in here, you get better coaching structure around Mac Jones and around the offense. I think they could get back to building towards something. I think personnel wise, they, they were, they are, they're sort of building toward things as far as, you know, they have players that looks like they can build around uh, for the future. You know, I, I don't know. We, I guess we can debate Tyquan Thornton maybe, but, you know, they got two good young guards. Uh, they got they got David Andrews for another couple years at least. They got to figure out tackle, of course. I think that's their right. biggest need uh, personnel-wise. Uh, but I think Mac Jones is going to be here. I think the, the, the way Bill talked about him was – you know, obviously, people interpret that as a shot because he didn't say, you know, Max a quarterback. It was wasn't definitive about Everybody's it. Everybody's going to hear that. And how he they sort of to hear it. Yeah, but he could. You could interpret it as Bill saying, "Well, you know, this guy isn't this. this Max not that great, so we got to we got to put better players around him." And I think either way, I think even if Mac was elite, that they need he needs that number one receiver. He needs better pass protection. So they do have things that they need to address. But I think once I think if they could get the coaching back to a respectable competent level then they could they could get back to where they were in 2021 and you know if, if not better i want to do a little more putting cap on the season before we get to the off season because there's a sure. lot i want to get to but one point off what you just made because it has been driving me up a wall for the last like month what would happen especially after that press conference yesterday the the when as a mac jones defender when i come out and say or when other people come out and say, or when the head freaking coach and GM comes out and says, we need to put better talent around Mac Jones. That's viewed as some sort of indictment on Jones. Since when is it a bad idea to add more talented players to your offense? 
Right. Like, I mean, I yes. Could sorry, Mac go. could Mac use the help more than most? Yes. Mac Jones probably needs more help than a guy like Patrick Mahomes. I will admit that. I right. will happily admit that. But the idea that hey, you should go out and get a legit number one wide receiver. Hey, you should go out and fix your offensive tackle situation. That's not an indictment on Mac Jones. You think the next guy, let's say you want it, they do move on from Mac Jones. The next guy's going to come in with no tackles and Nelson Aguilar is his number one wide receiver and throw for 5,000 yards right, you think and he- win 16 games. What, whatever <laughs> happens, whether it's Mac or somebody else, you need to fix the offense because one of two things is going to happen, Matt. Right, you fi- you fix the offense around Mac Jones this offseason. You don't put any premium assets into getting another quarterback. You just fix everything around him. One of two things is going to happen: either a Mac Jones picks up on the progress he was making in, in 2021, and you're off and running, or b now we know for sure Mac Jones he has another bad year. We know for sure Mac Jones can't play, and then guess what? Your next quarterback, when you do get that next guy, gets to step into a situation that's well built around him. So I, I, I want to wait on like the big picture offseason talk because there's a couple more things I want to get into about the end of the season. But that in, I'm not saying that you're thinking the other way, just what you brought up, right? right. How people were interpreting that Bill Belichick comment. Well, I didn't want to stop you. You were rolling there. It's dr- <laughs> adding. Talent. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor, Barth? <laughs> the the he's rolling. The Chiefs, the, the Bills, the Eagles, all of these teams are going to be talking about adding offensive talent in the offseason. That's just what you do. Whether you believe in your quarterback or not, there's nothing wrong. It's not an indictment on the quarterback to say, hey, these premium positions, wide receiver, offensive tackle, yeah, we could be better at those. It's not an indictment on the quarterback. All right. You done? Yeah, we done. Can I talk now? Yes, go ahead. Go ahead. You talk, I talk. No. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, look. If the Chiefs come up short this year, what are people going to say? They need more receivers. They need they to need, replace Tyreek Hill. They need to put a receiver, a better receivers around Patrick Mahomes. That that's going to be the question. What was the the big thing coming out of the 2006 Patriots? Tom Brady is great, and he he was able to you know piece together a lot of wins with uh, Rishay Caldwell as his number one receiver. But they need more than that. And what did they do? They went out and got Randy Moss and Wes Welker, and then Tom Brady exploded. You know, so I'm not saying Mac Jones is going to take that kind of a leap just getting him better receivers, but they have. I mean, I think they're decent at receiver. They got good players, and Tyquan Thornton could become, you know, a legit number one guy. Why, why, why not get another one? Why not try to get two number one guys? You know, they got to get Mac his version of Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, like those guys. Like I, I wrote about it in my my rankings, my position need rankings at 98bythesportshub.com, which we can get into at some point, but you know, you just need that those, those elite number one guys are like a cheat code now. Right. It's not like it's not like even 10 years ago or 15 years ago where, yeah, like the the Dave a pain in the ass, whatever, as, as Felger would describe it, like, yeah, you, those guys used to be like overrated and not the most important thing that they were just flashy right. and all that. But now, with the rules the way they are, you can barely touch them after one yard down the field. Uh, the quarterbacks can barely be touched. You know, the roughing the passer is the most controversial uh, penalty this year. You can't touch quarterbacks or receivers. And so you have a good quarterback and an elite receiver. It is like a cheat code. It's like the the, quarter, the, the Super Bowl this year is, I think, guaranteed 
to be a team that has a good quarterback and a legit elite number one wide receiver. I think those, I think the wide receiver, those things can supersede everything. I think the wide receiver more than the quarterback. Look at the top teams. I mean, more so in the NFC, but... Oh, you mean in terms of the Super Bowl teams? Yeah. yeah. I mean, J- Jalen Hurts is good. I wouldn't call him a, an elite quarterback. You know, no. He's been very he good. Elite, but he had an elite season this year, but we got to see him do it for more than one year. What happened when he had that? for him to have that elite season? They added A.J. Brown. They got him A.J. Brown. He's got two really good right. receivers, really are, good offensive line. Are we going to call players around Kirk Cousins elite? No. No, it's Justin Jefferson. <laughs> You're going to sit here and tell, and as much as a fan of the guy as I am, you going to sit here and tell me Brock Purdy's elite? Or even great? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Christian McCaffrey. So Seriously, it, yeah. Like, the, the the San Francisco 49ers GM, is that John Lynch still? Yes. I think he's my pick for executive of the year with the way they were able to put build that offense around Brock. probably him or and whoever be, the GM of the Eagles and be is. One of the, and get, go on a hot streak and be one of the best teams in the league with Brock Purdy. Like, I think that, and, and not to mention their defense. Like So that's, did, my, that's yeah. a side topic, but... Yeah, like uh, we're this is we're going in all different no, but, directions but this here. Is the but point. like to to bring it back, whether you want Mac Jones to be the quarterback or not, and everybody knows me, I'm the draft guy. This is not the year to need a quarterback. It is really not the year to need a quarterback, draft or free agency. And don't talk to me about Lamar. He's not coming here. I'd love it. It'd be great. He's certainly an upgrade. Certainly, he's not coming here. It's not the year to need a quarterback. Whether you whether you you think it's Mac, even even if you detest Mac Jones, you never want to see him take another snap in a preseason game in a Patriots uniform. Don't you want the guy replacing him to be in a good situation, in a better situation? Right. That's so, what I'm, that's, I'm. I almost forgot. I almost lost my train of thought. Like you think if they got 38 year old Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be able to to cover up for for a lack of pass protection and a lack of. Elite receivers. We just saw what I mean, happened. He, yeah, he literally couldn't do that in Green Bay. Yeah, like you think that's going to make it? Just having Bill Belichick will make that much of a difference? Like they, they got it. I think they're fine for now at quarterback. And like, if you want them to take a chance on like an athletic guy, middle middle late rounds. I know you've been saying like the that that guy's not out there in the draft, but like I think we got time to figure that out. We got the combine still. We got time for guys' stocks to go up and down, and you know. I wouldn't mind if they kept taking shots because you do want to you eventually want to find your Mahomes or Josh Allen, you know, and I, I know that's, uh, you know, incredibly hard to find. Uh, but you keep taking shots and see what happens. But for now, look, if they don't draft a quarterback, I'd be totally fine with that. I think they're fine with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi as their one, two. And I think it's more important to put better put it. Mac Jones in more of a position to succeed, which I don't think they did a great job of this year. And I think Bill knows that deep down, even though it was his best friend running the offense. I think he knows that he didn't put Mac Jones in the best position to succeed. And so I think if they do that, if they put, I mean, look at Trevor Lawrence, right? Look at Trevor Lawrence, new right. head, co- a head coach that is not a psychopath yep. and knows what he's doing, won a Super Bowl, knows how to coach offense, knows how to develop quarterbacks, you know, say what you want about Doug Peterson, but it looks like he's turned that team around. They're in the playoffs. You know, year two, the the Jacksonville Jaguars are in the playoffs because their quarterback started playing at a really high level. They got Christian Kirk and free agency. And I know he's not like an elite guy, but he's a good slot receiver. And well, like he, Evan it, Ingram was one of the best tight ends of football this year. Yeah, they picked up, and he yeah he he had a renaissance season. You know, with Trevor Lawrence throwing the ball, they have Calvin Ridley, so he'll be back after the the gambling suspension next year. So he could be a legit. Number one guy from what we've seen, I think. So he could be Trevor Lawrence's go-to guy. Just look at that situation. Look at what they put around him. And not, and they had Travis Etienne. And I know like people debate about running back, but he's a good back. 
And so Trevor Lawrence has a good situation around him now. And so he's in a much better position to succeed, and he succeeded. And so the Jaguars are in the playoffs now because of what they put around Trevor Lawrence. And I know it's different because Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick and his big-time hyped prospect. But I think we've seen enough for Mac Jones to know that if he gets protection, if he has good receivers around him, they can make plays. And so if they improve at wide receiver, they they add a legit number one receiver to this offense – they get a legit tackle. They get the better pass protection. I think they're going to be in good shape, and I think Mac Jones could be good. You know, and I know that people might say it's a shot to say that he's not this elite franchise guy, and I just, I don't know. I think that's just maybe us being spoiled by Tom Brady. We're like, yes, it either is. you're Tom Brady or you suck. I guess that's the debate. Like, I don't know. I think it's fine to have a good player that can that can make plays with a good team around him. And, like, we've seen it. Like, the Rams won with Matthew Stafford, like, halfway you know, in the back nine of his career. Right. And I mean, to take it a step further, it's crazy to me that that this fan base, there's so many people still in this fan base that would love to see Jimmy Garoppolo back here. And they point to... I think that's that should be over now. It Absolutely. It should have never been a thing. But... <laughs> I could see for for when they get Cam Newton and be like, why, why is Jimmy G not here? But they, now it's like, they now They point it's over. to Jimmy Garoppolo's 2019 season when he got the 49ers to a Super Bowl and say, look... He can win games. Mac Jones can't. Oh, that's they're the same player. Look if at, anything, I they are the same player right now. But Mac Jones has room to go grow. Jimmy doesn't. You can't point to that nineteen Niners team as some sort of answer, and then dismiss Mac Jones because that's the blueprint. Big time defense. Put playmakers around the quarterback. Just get a guy that doesn't screw up. And if there's one thing we learned about, about Mac Jones this year, unless you get in like like against the Bills, these late game situations where you really have to force the ball in obvious passing downs, he doesn't make mistakes. Through before yesterday, before Sunday, he'd thrown one interception the whole second half of the season. So Well, to me, that's the NFL though. Like you go down multiple scores and you have to throw it like you're most guys are bound to make mistakes. Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers might be the only right. guys no, that can but, but that's the point. Then chuck it deep down the field without throwing interceptions. The know? idea is instead of spending all of these assets to repeatedly go after quarterbacks, like the Browns did for years, like the Bears did for years, no, like yeah, the don't get Bills stuck in for that. Years, take all those assets, go and shove them up your ass. No, sorry. Go <laughs> build up the rest of the roster, build up an elite rest of the roster, and then just find a quarterback that's not going to screw it up. And to me, Mac Jones is a quarterback that's not going to screw it up. Love what they have on defense. They still, again, it goes back to my point. If you improve the tackles and you add a real flashy playmaker on the offensive side of the ball, Mac Jones more or less becomes irrelevant. Whatever you quarterback you drop into that is going to be able to succeed. And that that's what they should be working on right now. The Niners plan, the Eagles plan, right? He's a second-round pick on Jalen Hurts. And yes, he, he can do some things athletically, but the point is they didn't overexert themselves to get a quarterback. The Niners had it lined up. They had the plan nailed. I don't know why they gave up three first-round picks to get Trey Lance. They were set. That was aggressive. <laughs> they had the plan lined up. Like, like you can get to being an elite team, and yes, none of these teams have won a Super Bowl yet. It's going to happen. Within well, the next five years, one of these teams with the monster roster with a net-neutral quarterback is going to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, why, another why, example. Why at, Why not make it the Patriots? Right, exactly. Well, another example. Look at the Miami Dolphins. You know, the Tua, Tua, when he was healthy, 
was you know he was at least one of the more productive quarterbacks in the league. I guess we can debate about they, how they good would be he another really, one. how good he really is. But like they put offensive linemen around him, they gave him two really really good receivers. You know, Tyreek Hill just proved he's still an elite. He's an elite receiver regardless of who's throwing in the ball. And you know, an offensive minded coach who you know proven track record of success running the San Francisco offense. You know, like putting that putting all those pieces around him made Tua into like one of the better quarterbacks in the league based on production passer rating so i mean like look do are people really that convinced that mac jones can't be that guy if they put a real offensive line a real coach and a real good receiving group around they think mac jones is just gonna he's he's just gonna suck no matter what apparently and i i, I don't I just, again i just don't think that's i, I think it's late it's honestly lazy whoever lazy look, coming out especially coming to that last bills game the other day where like no matter what happens you're just gonna look at mac jones and say he's not good enough you know he's not good enough and I get it. You might not be that guy that can cover up for all your flaws. Like Patrick Mahomes is a guy that I think is covering up for a lot of flaws for the Chiefs this year. That's why he's my pick for MVP, where they, they, they still get the number one seed despite all this turnover at receiver and all that. So Mac Jones might not be that guy, but how many guys are that guy? And you can spend. That's why it's frustrating to, is- to have this whole debate, Barth, because it's like. Right. Guys, they're not. They're never going to have Tom Brady again. They're never. They might never. It's going to be a long time before they even have an elite quarterback. So like you're saying, in the meantime, you know, keep taking your shots where you can. Try to find that elite guy if you can, but don't go out of your way and put just put better players around the guy you got. You have a guy you know when he has when things are going right around him, he's not going to turn the ball over and he'll he'll make smart decisions and he'll occasionally make some plays. And he did that even this year at times without great players around, like so, a, a few good players here and there, but not a great coaching situation, bad tackle situation. And he was still able to make things happen at times. And I get that he gets frustrated, loses control of his emotions. He's got to work on that, you know. But Nobody's saying he's perfect. No, no. Well, I mean, that might be what people are demanding, I guess. You're demanding perfection because we had Tom or Brady. Or no, if you years. defend him, if you defend him, people assume you're saying he's perfect. But to go back no, to something No, I'm not saying said. he's perfect. I'm saying it's hard to evaluate him. And I think he was just put in pretty much an impossible situation this year. So I need to see what it looks like with a real operation going on around him, which is, I hope is the goal in the offseason. It sounds like the goal. Yeah, and it, it goes back to something I said before, but I, I just want to hammer this point home because I, pe- I think people oh, are, hammering so, Barth over there. are so lost on what this is all about. It's not about finding the best quarterback. It's about winning games. Yes, sometimes those two things overlap. Yes, they overlapped here for 20 years. It's not always the case. There's been all this talk about Mac Jones can't cover up for flaws. Why do you have to have flaws? Right. Why does the quarterback that, need to overcome flaws? I think we've had this exact it discussion. So, so your plan is to have flaws and then have an right. elite quarterback make it up for it? So Congratulations, much easier. you're the 2010-2011 Patriots. It is so much easier. And look, I'm not going to say that the roster is going to be perfect. It never will be. But it is so much easier to cover <laughs> up in – sorry. It is so much easier to fix the flaws with the roster – Right, here's the it plan. is to find a quarterback that can just overcome them. Right. It is so much easier. I don't know why we are walking all the way around the building <laughs> to get in the back door when the front door is right there and open. What's your three-point plan for the offseason? Number one, suck. Number two, get an elite quarterback. Three, pro- here's, right? Like, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to suck, and we're going to pay the quarterback $100 million, and he's just going to make it up. Man, they don't know. Who has ever won a Super Bowl doing that? The Patriots came damn close in 2011 with just Tom Brady and Wes Welker. 
Yeah. They had Tom Brady, Wes Welker, and a hobbled Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski. And like they had those three, four players, and they almost won a Super Bowl with just that. Everything else was was pretty bad, I thought, on the team. You know, they had Vince Wolfork, they had Gerard Mayo, but those guys aren't gonna, you know, carry a defense. You know, they they were so they bad were in the old, secondary. Right? That defense was old. They too. were old defense, so bad in the secondary. They had nothing in the secondary. The pass protection broke down terribly in that Super Bowl, and that's you know, their flaws came back to bite them. They couldn't stop Eli Manning in the passing game. They couldn't protect I, Tom Brady. I, I, Tom Brady to can't do it, everything. Yes. But this is but that's I know, I, I didn't mean to go back twelve years in time. But that's my whole point is that yeah. nobody, nobody has ever won a Super Bowl with just a quarterback. Never. Right. Never, so, ever, ever. Again, they have flaws. We'll get into some of those flaws. They're easily recognizable. Some of them, I think, are very fixable within this offseason. <laughs> it's gonna crack. All right, here's the plan, guys. We're just gonna we're just gonna have the flaws. Right. We Is have that- all these problems. <laughs> Let's just find a quarter instead of have you tried just them, having an elite quarterback and just you know and just making up for everything else again that's not that's a winning I, I, strategy I know that's how it worked here for 20 years I get that I get it that's not real life I Case said point with the it, what's gonna be the Eagles undoing this year I think it's sort of hard to figure out maybe coaching I guess because like I mean they're, they're pretty strong at just about everywhere on the roster what's gonna be their downfall their biggest issue has been run defense but they were hurt up front for a lot of the year so like that's that's could, a great point and, experience experience might be their downfall right that's fair quarterback, yeah that's fair their coaching quarterback have never gone on a playoff run certainly not together but so like it's like that might be their downfall but like in terms of personnel they have like everything in place but also what did they do what did they do to get to this point they had a roster that was close Instead of just hitting the reset button on all of it and going all out for QB, they took Jalen Hurts on day two and invested those assets elsewhere. And now they're a wagon. I, but no, but no, keep, let's spend 20 years taking shots at quarterbacks in the draft, not addressing really any what, of the other needs until we find the next coming of Tom Brady, who's never coming, by the way. Is that really what people want? Like, are we going to listen to three months of people like, saying they should trade up to get one of these quarterback prospects that's going to go in the top 10. Why do we do this every I mean, year? I mean, look, why do we do this every year? This year it shouldn't happen because I I know Will Levis is mocked in the top 10 right now. I don't see it. Can't, uh, Kentucky, it's going to happen. It's gonna ha- we always fall in love with the quarterbacks. Not you and me, but, like, but, you but know, okay. people in general. Teams, it's like we have to get the quarterback. We're, this is where we are. We got to do this. I want to squash this right now. Will Kentucky only throws the ball like 16 times a game. Will Levis is such a project. Will Levis reminds me of Trey Lance. And I'm not saying that doesn't mean there's upside there. But you put Will Levis in this offense and you make no other changes, it's not going to look any better. Not right away, at least. (laughs) It's a solid point. The only two quarterbacks in this draft that I think are really like potential day one franchise-changing quarterbacks are Bryce Young from Alabama and C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Both yeah, no, those, I think they should just they should just trade all the trade their whole draft board and get CJ Stroud and both of those guys are nothing going top, else. Both those guys are going top five, if not top three. Run, run so it back the, with Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn. Even if you want to do that, that guy's not there this year. All right. I I we said this was going to be like a kind of season review. We're twenty five minutes in. We've really only we're talked already, about we're just pre complaining about all the annoying takes that are yeah. gonna come out. This <laughs> is basically just getting ahead of everything that's gonna tick me off this offseason. I think this makes for a better podcast. I think it does. Um, Get it out. Let the anger flow through us. 
I, I, I guys, do. we're just going to suck. Is that's the plan? We're going to suck everywhere and try to get in. in we're going to sign Lamar Jackson for seventy five million dollars a year and just have him make it up. That'll win us a Super Bowl. So <laughs> I, I, I do. Well, we've talked about all right. Like, like, let's be fair here. We've said, okay, why don't you try to cover up the flaws instead of getting a better court instead of getting a different quarterback? I don't know. They're not going to get a better quarterback, a different quarterback. All right. So what are those flaws? How do they address them? First and foremost, and I did some numbers earlier earlier on this today, Dolph. And I'm, I'm Bring the numbers. Give here. me the numbers. Oh God! Remind- so I was walking through the hallway. He's liable he, to pop in. Is he coming? All right. If he comes in, I want to ask him that thing about the flaws. Remember that. But they they need options on offense. So much of their offense this year was Ramondre Stevenson based. And here here's the numbers I wanted to give you. Ramondre Stevenson's usage rate this year, the percentage of snaps he was on the field was 66.4%. 66.4%. Sounds high. The previous high in the... So, pro football reference only goes back 10 years, right? So, going back to 2012. It was almost a different league back then, though. Right. So. You really only need to go back 10 years. Anything more, you're right. The league changes. Back to the Colin in the last Joe 10 Flacco years, Super Bowl. <laughs> in the last 10 years, the, the next highest was James White in 2018 with 53%. Wow. A hundred snap difference between him and Ramondre Stevenson. And that was like, James White was pretty much a third down specialist. Yeah. And like, they, they, I know they would run him. He wasn't effective as a runner though. So that is eye popping. Ramondre Stevenson was the fourth most used running back in the league this year. Trailing Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Dalvin Cook. Those are the only backs that played more than Ramondre Stevenson did this year. Not only was he on the field a lot, he led the team in touches. And his all-purpose yards, 1,461, were the fourth most of the Bill Belichick era, period, behind Corey Dillon in 2004, Wes Welker in 2011, and Randy Moss in 2007. Those are three of the best single-season performances in Patriots history. Here's my point. Ramondre Stevenson is on the field a ton. He gets the field, he gets the ball a ton. That's predictable. That's what that is. And look, that's not to say that that they're wrong for giving Ramondre the ball so much. Like, Well, it he, got to a point where they sort of just had to. Right. And look, he made it happen to, to an extent. But there's two problems with that. One, becomes predictable, and you saw it late in the year. Teams were keying in on Ramondre Stevenson getting the football, and, and it, it limited the Patriots' offense. And then two, Ramondre, he started feeling it at the end of the year. He said he was banged up. As you it, predicted. Right, it sucks. Before anyone ever talked about it, Barth was right. Hashtag Barth was right. It sucks they didn't rotate him more early in the year, but I think part of the reason they didn't is they felt like if they took him off the field, they took their premier playmaker off the field. They need another premier playmaker in the offense. They just do. They do. That That is one thing they have to get this offseason, whether that's DeAndre Hopkins, whether that's Jerry Judy, uh, whether that's, Ooh, you know, Judy's if we're going to dip into the draft, if they want to use their first-round pick there, you'd be talking about guys like Jordan Addison from USC, Josh Downs from UNC, North Carolina. They need to get another guy who can be a true threat to the defense. See, By I the way, it could also be putting Kendrick Bourne on the field more, but that's another conversation. Yeah, but even the, even still, Kendrick Bourne's still just like a... I still think like he's a, a secondary piece, but yeah, yeah. More like a complimentary guy, a good one, but he's not going to be like an elite like number. He's not going to be Jamar Chase, you know what I mean? Right. So he's never going to be that. Yeah, like I would I would like it if they traded for someone or made a free agent sign. Like I... I I guess I'd I'd like DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't know how realistic that is, and I just don't know how much he's going to have left. You know, I don't going think forward. it's super unrealistic. Okay, look, 
Coach is gone. GM's gone. They have to rework his contract one way or the other. He's $30 million cap hit coming up. Right. Ex- that's exactly, yeah. But but that, but that does it like— Do the Patriots want to take on a contract that someone else wrote up and restructured no, but themselves? The point is, there's an out in the deal now by, like, March. Oh, okay. So where, he could be a free agent. So so that's probably not because the, the Cardinals will be able to trade him. No, the, the, the point I'm making is he— he kind of has the leverage here, right? The car, That deal has to be reworked. The Cardinals cannot have him play under that deal. So is he going to say, is he going to rework the deal or is he going to say, you know what? Kyler's going to be out. New coach, who knows if he's going to get along with that guy. So he wants out, yeah. Is he going to say, you know, I want to go elsewhere? If you're the strikes me as a guy who wants to have a quarterback. Right, I mean, he's 30, 31 years old. He wants to, and he, by the way, he's very good last year. When he came back from the suspension, he was still very good. I would see him wanting to go to the Chiefs more than the Patriots. I mean, look, he could go out. Are the Chiefs going to want to trade for him? Mm-hmm. Are the Chiefs going to want to give him that contract? And like, Are the Patriots, though? That's my question. I think you kind of have to. I, I, I think that that is the thing that the Patriots, the kind of move the Patriots need to be yeah. in the market to make. See, well, I, I prefer, though, and so, I so like just the idea how of realistic getting an it is. Alabama guy. Sorry, you'd trade for him. And then you'd rework. You wouldn't. He wouldn't play here for the thirty million cap hit. You'd rework the deal. Probably something like because so prorated out over three years. Or it's something. a thirty million dollar cap hit, but he's only due about fifteen million in cash. So you can incentivize see, like, him that's to why rework I say it's it like, too. It's doable, but I don't see it as being overly realistic that they would go through all that to get. I think I'd see. I prefer that they get an Alabama guy. So that's okay. why I keep saying. It's a pipe dream, but I say you know Devontae Smith. They actually played together. They I won, just don't think the Eagles won a national title. Me. I but you never know. I don't know. Like I didn't think the Titans would trade AJ Brown, but it happened. Look, it'd you be know, nice. And, and and Jerry Judy is a good one. I don't know if he and Mac Jones actually played together, but even guys who played at Alabama, so Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, yeah, uh, Calvin Ridley. But I don't know if the the Jaguars might just want to hold they're, on. They're going to keep him. Yeah, you know, like get. Uh, there's probably guys I'm not thinking of that that are possibilities. I wish Jalen Waddle was a possibility, but no. Um, so yeah, get, like if you could get a college teammate of his, like that's that's sort of been the way to go. Between like I know Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith is an example of that, and obviously Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. I've been on this for a while. It just seems like it seems like that's the way teams are going, and that just seems like something that works. And I know that might be tough to do with Mac Jones, but if you get a guy that played at Alabama, you know, and then you bring back Bill O'Brien who uh, was just at Alabama, then I think I think you're cooking with gas there. If you get a legit receiver and a legit offensive coordinator to, to put around Mac Jones, and uh, I think I think they'd be off and running there if they could get some one of those talents. The bigger thing for me, and I, I, I don't disagree with that. I'd love to see them reunite him with somebody. And Ju- they never, like, played played together, but they were on the team together, Mac and Judy. I mean, they probably they know each other. Like, in practice, yeah. I... People are, you know, I've been getting a ton of tweets about Quentin Johnson from TCU, who's the projected number one wide receiver in this class right now. Jordan Addison, Josh Downs. Um, I just, with their track record of developing wide receivers and the other things they need, go get somebody who's proven they can do it in this league. Don't, don't. Please make a safe draft. Yeah. And you just took Tyquan Thornton. Like, develop him. That was my point. Like, I don't, they don't need to keep drafting receivers. See what you got with Thornton. Prove you can develop him before you use your first round pick, especially in a year where they need a franchise tackle. There are going to be franchise tackles on the board in the first round where they're picking, whether it's Broderick Jones, whether it's Paris Johnson, whether it's uh, 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 Peter uh, Skaronsky. I I butchered that, whatever it is, (laughs) whether it's Dewan Jones. 
like and and we'll do another more draft focused podcast down the road. Sure. Those are the names to watch. We're going to learn a ton at the senior bowl. We're going to learn a ton during the combine about that group. I frankly, from what I've seen so far, and I deserve the right to change my opinion as we see more information. I think if they take any of those four guys, they have a franchise tackle. I don't think they can go wrong with any I of them. I still trust Bill to draft and develop offensive line. Yeah, I think, so it was, I, just, I think it was a mistake to put Matt Patricia in charge of the O-line in addition to coordinating the offense and being a senior advisor and all that. But um, I still think Bill knows what he's doing as far as drafting and identifying talent at that position and yeah. getting the most out of them. You know, like even like Connor McDermott, like was was fine. I I thought as as like a fill in late season, like you know, third fourth string right tackle, like he was fine. So like you get Bill a legit player at that spot, then right. then I think they're in business. And yeah, please, the fourteenth pick in the please please use that on a tackle or a cornerback. Yeah, and, and or a defensive too. lineman, front seven player. Yeah, uh, they can. I know you're, you're probably going to tell me that guy's not there. I don't care about that. No, Just he is get there, something you but... need. Get something I know that you're going to make a good pick. Like, if you want to talk to me about wide receivers on day two, Kayshawn Boutte, Nathaniel Dell, Jalen Hyatt. Don't even get into it. Corner, no offensive tackle with that 14th overall pick. I think it. there's no reason to go anywhere else. There's no reason to go anywhere else. I, you did just touch on something very interesting that because we're, we're not doing a season recap at this point. We're just talking. No, about we don't need to do a season recap. It was more just like our thoughts on this. We don't season. need to recap we'll, we'll, anything. We'll, we'll Let's just mix talk. them in. We'll mix them in. Let's just talk. We don't need okay, to well, recap Okay, well, I do anything. want to talk about something you just said in, in terms of Matt Patricia being the offensive line coach. They need a new offense coordinator, plain and simple. Matt Patricia can't be back in that role. He cannot. I per- personally, and this is, this is just, there's no inside info here, just a guess. The Matt Patricia fired tweet everybody's waiting for from Adam Schefter, Mike Reese, or whoever, it's not coming. No, he's not getting fired. He's going to get moved back upstairs or reassigned. something reassigned, right? And we won't know that until the summer when they release the coaching assignments. The 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 report you're waiting for is them hiring Bill O'Brien or Chad O'Shea or Cliff Kingsbury or whoever. That is that is the unofficial Matt Patricia is no longer the offensive coordinator report. You're, mm-hmm. We're not getting the report he got fired. It's not happening. That being said, they need an offensive coordinator. Yes. First and foremost, that is number one on the to-do list. That is the first thing they need to do. Number two, though, and this is getting slept on, positional coaches on that side of the ball. If you get a new offensive coordinator, but you still have Joe Judge coaching the quarterbacks, and you still have Matt Patricia coaching the offensive line, it might look better, but you're still leaving a ton on the table. Go get a guy who's coached quarterbacks. Like, significantly, has experience doing it. Like same with the offensive line. No, Matt Patricia did it for one year in like 2006. Go get a long time offensive line coach. I mean, if you want to promote Billy Yates, I it wouldn't be the worst move in the world. It's Patricia guy. I don't know who else is out there. No, he was here before Patricia. Well, he went. He was, so he went to the Lions with Patricia. Then he he was in the Lions with Patricia, but I thought Yates was here last year too. Like yeah, I think he was. Yeah, no, he's been here. I think. Um, I guess Patricia did get here, but the point being. The offensive coordinator moves a big one, certainly, but it you're you're not fully fixing the problem unless you reinvest in position coaches as well. Yeah, That's, absolutely. And and I I don't necessarily have the names for those. I don't really know who's available and who's not because you're getting really deep at that point into these coaching depth charts on other teams. Just but, get someone with a, who has actual experience coaching yes. offense. That's all I care about. I'm not going to quibble with you. 
I mean, I guess you would quibble. Not just coaching offense, coaching the positions they're assigned to. Right. But then again, you would quibble with Adam Gase based on your record. Yeah, that's the one guy that's a no-go That's the one that's just, that's the one just guy him. that's anyone a no-go. Else you're, anyone else would be uh, palatable for you? With Like that has a legitimate resume for the position? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right, cool. There's some, some I prefer to others, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, my guess, this is just a guess. I don't have inside info, but. My guess is that Matt Patricia's job next year is just the senior advisor. He's right, not, what he was in 2021. Yeah, he won't even be on the sidelines. He'll be up in the booth. He'll be the new Ernie Adams, so to speak. And so they'll need a new offensive coordinator. Hopefully it's someone like Bill O'Brien, someone with legit experience, NFL experience preferably. And I guess they'll they'll need to do something new on the offensive line. Maybe Billy Yates is the guy. Is Cole Popovich a possibility to come back? I know he had a, a vaccination. He was like an anti-vax guy or something, so he he couldn't stay because of the vaccine requirement. I don't know what the rules are now. I don't know if he got vaccinated. I don't know what that is. He is. But he seemed like the guy that they were grooming to take over for Dante Scarnecchia, and so that's a thing that, that set him back, too. And, like, it, it's all like there's been a huge brain drain on on the coaching staff. I know I've I've sort of harped on it a lot. Anyone who's listened, but it's a good point to a lot of my podcast knows that I've been talking about it a lot. But you know they've been rebuilding on the coaching staff, arguably even more than the friggin' uh, roster. And so uh, yeah, I just saw you pulled up Carmen Brasillo. Like he was yeah, he, he was fine. Vegas. Like the so, O line was fine with Brasillo. Like the O line wasn't a disaster really until this year. Well, because really, it's been a while. Those guys work directly for Scar. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cole Popovich is the offensive line coach at Troy. He took 2021 off. And then, yeah, Troy, you know, it's a division one. It's a group of five school. They're actually pretty good this year. You know, does he? I I would take him back. I don't know if he I I have zero idea of the circumstances around him leaving. I know it's that vaccine thing, but that can be a pressure point for some people. That might have been something he took personally. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if he would come back, but if all's good, if his relationship with Bill is still good, that that is a call I would make. That is a call I would have already made. That would have been, you know, one of the first things I did the last couple of days since that Bill's loss is call him and, and see if he wants yes, to come back. Please just get someone who has experience doing this. You know, what I mean? like I, I just I can't get over the that the Patricia decision. To put him in that many roles, yeah. you know, I was saying like I I was willing to to give him a chance and see how it worked out if he had just one of those jobs. So, oh no, I know who the offensive line coach is going to be. Well, I already knew this. It's going to be Brian Ferentz. Brian Ferentz. Brian Ferentz was the relation uh, to James and his Kurt brother, Ferentz. his brother and son, brother and son. Brian Ferentz started off. Let me pull this up here. Let me make sure I get his resume right. This is so James Ferentz could be being coached by his own brother next year. It could happen. His older brother. Okay. So Brian Ferentz uh, actually was, so he played at Iowa, he played for his dad. He was like a backup in the NFL for a couple seasons. He was with the Patriots from 2008 to 2011. He was actually the tight ends coach of that 2011 team. Um, He was an offensive lineman at Iowa, though. The 2011 Patriots? Yeah, he was a tight ends coach. Oh, okay. He then he did pretty well, I I think. He then went back to Iowa. He was the offensive line coach until 2016, from 2012-2016. He became the OC in 2017, and then they added quarterbacks coach to his resume on top of OC this past year. I was offense was one of the worst in the league. It was not good. <laughs> like I'm talking like ranked down in the 120, something like that. There was a report. That being said, Iowa churns out offensive linemen, churns them out. Yeah. And he was the offensive line coach there for a while. There was a report probably in like November 
early November that Brian Ferentz was looking at positional coaching opportunities in the NFL because his dad's the head coach. His dad's not going to fire him, right? He's been here. They need an offensive line coach. It's the Ferentz connection. I maybe in some capacity, I I, I could definitely see Brian Ferentz back, you know, back in New England. At some point soon. Okay. Because yeah, I don't, we don't think need he's to go staying in Iowa, the, and I don't know who else is taking him. We don't need to keep going on the O-line coach uh, discussion. But like, it's no, just, but now it's I true. can pull they that need, clip when they when they, yeah, when they, they hire him. They need new guys. Exactly. They need new guys at, at like all kinds of positions. You know, reassign Patricia. Take something off his plate. You know, and if you keep him senior football advisor, he can at least feel like he's uh, he has a hand in everything. You know, but they got to get more experienced offensive coaches and I imagine that Robert Kraft is going to have a directive to Bill Belichick to yep. do that and I know that might be tough for Bill because Patricia's like his best friend but I think it just has to happen and like you know what I've been thinking about Bart is that like this whole thing that like if if Kraft pushes Bill too hard if, if Bill insists on keeping Patricia where he is then he's just going to leave he'll just take his ball like right. what team is just going to let Bill come in and bring along Matt Patricia and Joe Judge and his kids and just put them all in the exact oh, same some, roles. After what we just witnessed with the Patriots offense, some other team is going to let Bill come in and just do that exact same thing? Yeah, some small market team will because it makes them relevant. Some team that like... like the Carolina Panthers yeah. would do that, you think? Yeah. Possibly? Yeah. Honestly? Honestly? Houston. Houston. <laughs> they, they, they will do anything to be the next Patriots, to have any flavor of New England in the building. they, they gave they, Their goal is to have all 53 players be a former Patriot. They gave Jack Easterby the keys to the castle. Houston would. <laughs> Otherwise known as Mc, Bulls Mc, guard Alex Caruso. McNair would 100%. <laughs> That's crazy to me. But, but, I mean, I guess Cal McNair is kind of an idiot, right? He's one of these dumb owners that doesn't know what he's doing. I wouldn't call him one of the better owners in the NFL. <laughs> right. I, I wouldn't quite say that. Right. All right, we, we just spent like 40 minutes on the offense. I know you have your list of needs, and, and we're going to kind of transition into it here as we get to the defense, but let's let's stick with the coaching here for a second because Gerard Mayo's getting requests. Mm. He got a D.C. request. Like, the Browns want to interview him to be their defensive coordinator, which I think is kind of funny because— Why? He's going to get a head coach. He's going to get a head coaching offer. Yeah, but he's going to go straight to head coach? He's basically a D.C. right now. You think? Is it he's like, not paid by it, it but like I think he's, he's proven he can be. But he's like, is it that he's coordinating and then Steve's calling the plays? Is that like, are they splitting those duties? They're, spl- they're splitting them, but like, payment-wise and title-wise, it's not a lateral move. I think resume-wise, not resume-wise, but I just, he's going to be a head coaching candidate. Hey, man, we know you can, you know. Well, he's already your- been a head coaching candidate, like, so he's already had those interviews, but... I don't know. Maybe, I know. To me, maybe was, he's maybe he feels like he maybe he's starting to realize he needs to go be a a DC for somewhere for a couple of years well, and then well, no and no then no 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 no. Head coach. I'm not saying like he'd be wrong for taking the interview or anything. I'm just saying it's funny that like, hey man, we know you're probably going to get a chance to go run an NFL franchise, live your dream, but uh, you want to come work for Kevin Stefanski and live in Cleveland? Doors open. Like at the same time, he he probably uh, you know he doesn't want to be like the the token uh, Rooney rule guy 
You know, that's sorry fair. to be crass about it. No, that's fair. I think he's already. I think that's what happened last year. Is that you probably you felt like used by these teams? That's, like <sighs> we're just trying to check a box. We're not actually going to hire you. You know, and what that's I mean? a shame because he'd be a hell of a coach too. He's going to be a hell of a coach. I think he's. I think he has a chance to be a good head coach somewhere. I wouldn't mind if he eventually took over for Bill Belichick, but I would love it. I I don't. I don't know if there, there's problem. There might be a roadblock there. You know. Yeah. Bill yeah. would probably rather hand it over to Matt Patricia or Steve. That sucks. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, the the. DC job as it is. Say Mayo leaves. Is it Steve? Does he put Matt Patricia back in that role? Does not none of the titles change and there's still no DC? Like what do you I think Steve becomes defensive coordinator. I think, I think that's the trajectory. The title. I think that's the trajectory that Steve's been on. And like I know I know nepotism, nepotism, but it's not like Bill put his son's straight into defensive coordinator they've had to he's had to work his way up and i know the fact that he is bill's son is the fact that he got a job with the patriots in the first place i get it but at least he's had to put time in you know what yeah, i know mean? he and the defense has been good the front seven's been really good maybe that's more mayo than steve belichick but like i don't know did steve belichick do a bad job calling defensive plays this year i i sort of want i i feel like he had a good year steve's come a long way i you know i i thought early on he struggled this year, he was really good. Did he get the job because of nepotism? Yeah, of course. But, you know, take away the last name. He's a legitimate defensive coordinator candidate in the NFL. Like, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I don't know that I'd be jumping for, like, head coach interviews or anything like yeah, that. But it's not like, it's not like uh, what's his name, Chris Collinsworth buying pro football focus and, like, immediately putting his son as the CEO oh, or whatever, yeah, the, whatever yeah. the hell that was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if he if he immediately made Steve Belichick defensive coordinator his first year, on the, then I get it. That is full-blown an offensive level of, yeah. of nepotism. No, Steve Belichick's at least put the time in and I think doing a good job now. So I think he becomes defensive coordinator. Yeah. And Matt Patricia, I believe, was a linebackers yes. coach at some point yes. in his career. So, like, maybe Patricia goes back to defense and he's – maybe he's the senior football advisor slash uh, inside linebackers coach. I can maybe see that's that. What we, I can know, see maybe that. Maybe something like that. I think it's logical. The logical move would to be would be to put Patricia back on defense. But, like, I don't know, the Matt Patricia thing is so difficult because was he – I don't even think he was a great defense, defensive coordinator. I, I didn't. I really didn't. It's also so hard to say the logical thing is to think because didn't we just bang our head against the walls f- with that for the last year? He was yeah, uh, screw logic. Linebackers logic and safeties coach, by the way. Okay, did, did a little and now you know and Brian Belichick is the safeties coach now, right. right? So Bill's at least trying to make them put in years of service. That's all right. Yeah, that's... I know I sound like a Belichick bobo with the with this with this whole nepotism argument, but like I don't know. To me, the proof is like, the, the results are what they are. The defense had a really good year. Top 10 defense in the league. Yeah. I Steve probably, his career got accelerated a little quickly, and he probably had to learn at a higher position than some other guys would have, but he, he's learned. He's gotten better. So Yeah, and the thing that, and the thing that keeps my eyebrow up about his role in the organization and where he's going, where his trajectory is, we never, ever, ever hear about Steve Belichick as a candidate anywhere else. So... I just don't. I think he's just on his way up here, and that's that's he's it's here or, or nowhere else. Or if Bill goes somewhere else to to finish out his career, he's going to take Steve with him. I would imagine. But I think it's it's Belichick or, or nothing. He's not. You never hear. You only ever hear about Gerard Mayo. Do teams know maybe that Steve doesn't want to leave, or mm-hmm. that Bill wouldn't let him go? That Bill would yeah. block it, or whatever. that's what I wonder about. Yeah. Like I, I, I wonder, like you see Bill being kingmaker for all these guys, Matt Patricia, Joe right. Judge, maybe even Mayo now, Brian Dayball, and like he's not doing that for his own son. So that's why I feel like Steve's 
here. And, like, I think the sky's the limit as far as his role in the organization. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I think his lack of candidacy, like you're talking about around the league, is more of a, I don't know if respect is the right word, but, like, it's Bill's kid. Like, the rest of the league recognizes that's Bill's kid. He's working with Bill. That's, right, I bet teams call Bill and ask him like, "What's the plan? What's what's Steve up to? Is Steve does Steve want to be a defensive Bill, you know, he just he shuts that down. Yeah, and pumps up his other guys. So the cool that makes thing, sense to me. The cool thing about this defense, though, which again finished top ten in the league. I should have the exact top ten right? in I score. Should say that. Oh no, they finished eleventh after that Bills. And game. They, right. they led the league in takeaways and they touchdowns. Led the league in takeaways and touchdowns. Very good defense. There's not going to be a ton of turnover personnel-wise, or at least there doesn't need to be. The big free agents are Devin McCourty, Jonathan Jones, and then Matt Wilson and, and Raekwon McMillan are the next biggest. We want to throw Carl Davis in there, Daniel Aquale, but... No. Well, I have those positions in my the, high, relatively high on my position needs so, because, so, of, because of the lack of depth, though. I, yeah, so. no, so I want to get into that in a second, but the point being, like, they can run it back with this group. They're going to need to figure out how to replace McCourty I hope it's not moving Kyle Duggar to free safety because I love him in the role he's in right now. So that probably is external. But John, like even Jonathan Jones, who's the best player on that list in terms of the free agents we just rattled off, right? I'm not sure that he's a guy that needs to be back. That's not to say I wouldn't take him back. He's a very good player. But they need to add size at corner one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Moving on from Jonathan Jones just gives, you know, gives you an opportunity to put that guy on the field. Because I don't think Jonathan Jones is playing the slot here now. We saw what, what Marcus Jones can do. He's your slot corner, right? You're going to have Jalen Mills on one side, and he'll pass that off to Jack Jones when he's a free agent. I'd love to see them get some size on the other side. So I don't know that Jonathan Jones needs to be back. They need to add a athletic middle linebacker, whether that's bringing back Raquan McMillan or Mac Wilson or going elsewhere. Uh, Servassier Dennis out of Pittsburgh is a guy I really Ooh. like in the draft for them. Servassier Dennis. Servassier? Servassier Dennis. What, what a name. Great name. Great player. Great player. Okay. Big hitter. Big hitter. Like, small guy, big hitter. We'll, we'll get more into him down the road. But, like, this defense, there's no reason to think if they can handle the coaching transition smoothly. Granted, this is what we said about the offense last year, so. But, if they can handle the coaching transition smoothly with a couple of key targeted additions, there's no reason to think the defense can't look next year like it did this year. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And, yeah, I think the only spot on the defense, which you sort of touched on, that you could argue that they need to add, like, a legit player is that number one outside corner. And, you know, a nice six foot one, 215-pound guy that can play press man and has enough speed to keep up with a guy like they – like, honestly – they might just need to gear their defense toward slowing down Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Which they, do. I, they do. I think they sort of already are doing that. And, you know, they, they you saw it in both Bills games, honestly, that they they got pretty good pressure on Josh yeah. Allen. Uh, they played they much need, better in that, that game the other day. Much better yeah. than they have since, you know, he got good. Yeah, and that touchdown to Diggs was honestly like a tip your cap. Like, what the hell can you do about He's that? He's going to get his. They had a blitz up the middle, and, like, Josh Allen just, you know, he does the penis flick, as Falker Maz like to describe it. And just chucks it a perfect rainbow fifty yards down the field, and Diggs is there. And so, like, if you had a guy that could that can compete with Diggs and just you know hold hold him down a little bit, slow him down a little bit, make a make a play here or there, you know, I feel like Stephon Gilmore could have done that, but like he didn't. It was he was sort of like 
already starting to go on the way out as Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs were emerging. Yeah. And so and JC Jackson wasn't wasn't that guy and so Diggs ate his lunch. And so right. if you can get a guy that can hang with a number one receiver on the outside, play good press man, that big outside corner, there's been guys that are coming out through the draft. I thought it would have been good if they drafted one of, you know, Patrick Sertan, yeah. JC Horn, one of those guys. And I know there's a couple of, I looked so, up cursory research on the draft. I know there's Sam is it Sam Smith? So Sam Smith from South Carolina and uh, Ringo Keeley Ringo from Keely Georgia. Ringo. So the names to know are Keeley Ringo from Georgia, six two, big long arms, physical guy. Sam Smith, I haven't done a ton of research on, but South Carolina generally likes a certain type of corner. Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Horn, like these are all South Carolina guys, right? Yeah, Cam yep. Smith, I believe is cut from a similar mold. I don't know these. Yeah, see, good, I would love, like, I would love it if they got one of those two guys with the fourteenth pick. The one other guy, and I don't know that Bill will take him, and I'll tell you why. I mean, it's going to be obvious why. But holy crap, you watch him on film. Is he a Patriot? Is Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State? Now, Joey Porter Sr. <laughs> not exactly a fan of Bill Belichick. No, not afraid to let people know that. So, I and, and Bill doesn't draft from Penn State either. So, like, in Which that sense, what? Which is curious because they're like a linebacker factory. Yeah, right? yeah. And he's only drafted one player from Penn State his whole time here. Rich Orenberg, fourth round, two thousand nine. Wow. I like again. You you watch Joey Porter Jr. play six three, long arms, physical man corner, elite at the catch point. Also plays a ton of special teams, covers kicks, covers punts, oh, team captain. But is he going to draft Very, Joey Porter's kid? I know that's where like you sort of wonder because because Bill is in this mode where he doesn't want he wants to draft guys that he wants to work with. Does Bill want to have Joey Porter up his ass about his kid? Does he want to have Joey Porter, Levar balling him all year, basically. right? Yeah, like, Levar balling. That's a good one. But you know, you can't when we talk about if the page, I said this before, if not a tackle a corner. When we talk about who the Patriots could use that pick on in terms of corners, would love Keeley Ringo. Again, I'm not super familiar with Cam Smith, I'll, but I, I think he's going to be a guy I'm going to like. But you have to at least bring up Joey Porter Jr. because on the field, on the field, in the locker room, textbook Patriot, just, again, his dad, Bill, they don't really get along. Yeah, I'd even take Gilmore back. I don't. Is he a free agent? I don't even know what his situation. Yeah, is. I, I I'd still like to have a long term like. Yeah, I will like a long term answer. You could yeah. do both. You could do both. But, but I think but... ideally, like the first round of the draft is probably the their best course of action at that position because I think they just they do need that guy and I think you know like you said Jonathan Jones he's not a true outside corner and like you can do better there as far as outside corner. And I think they drafted his potential replacement with Marcus Jones. Marcus Jones is probably better. He exceeded everyone's expectations. Even played well on defense. You know, even played a little bit outside. You know, played well against guys like Devontae Adams. So like, Marcus Jones is a legit good player. Yeah. So I mean, like we saw that. But like, they need to get that that big physical press man guy that can hang with like a big outside receiver. Like they they gotta get that guy because they they you, you saw it when when Stephon Gilmore was in his primary. Like you saw how. How big of a difference he made to they the just whole to defense. Run their defense, yeah, and like that's but that's the one that's the only spot on the defense where I feel they should try to add like a legit high end player because between Matthew Judon, who's here for at least yeah. you know he's signed for another two years, Christian Barmore, uh, Josh Uche, if he if if that emergence we saw in the second half was legit and he's going to carry that over, he's a legit player. Kyle Duggar's becoming a legit like playmaking ball hawking safety. Yeah. And we'll see what his role is in the post Devin McCourty era. Like I but like we saw Kyle Duggar make a lot of plays as that 
free safety and way like staying back. Like, yeah, he's least, just so good in the box, though. He's so good in the box. He's good in the box. But he might be the guy that they just play wherever, you know? So I think they have enough playmakers there where if they don't add a legit playmaker on the defense, I won't feel too bad about it. The corner is the one spot where I think they could use a real upgrade. But, like, yeah, like they had a really good year, and they have legit playmakers at, at multiple positions, multiple levels of the defense. So not feeling as bad about the defense, but I'd love to see that outside corner. By the way, I just pulled up uh... – Cam Smith scouting report because I was just curious. Six foot, 190. Reasons to buy in. Ready? Quick feet, fluid hips, good coverage Ooh. instincts, ball skills, physicality, competitive toughness. Evelyn Lazar is big on the fluid hips. They've, they've, they've got a type at South Carolina. They've certainly got a type. All right. Uh, Real quick, I, I keep teasing that we're going to get to your needs, and we are going to. But before we do that, one we other. don't have to. I mean, no, I want whatever. to. No, I want to close the show with that because okay. it sets the stage for the offseason. But. Because you mentioned Kyle Doug, you mentioned Josh Uche. There are three players as of today, or as of yesterday, Patriots can now start negotiating on a long-term contract extension who are on their rookie deals. I think it would be huge, just given the way the cap projects to explode, if they can get at least one of these deals done this offseason. Those three players are Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, and Mike Onwenu. I'd love to see them get one of those extensions worked out. This, I mean, all of them would be great, but like, I'd love to see him get one of them worked out. So let me ask you this. Of the three, who's the most important to get a long-term deal with, done with? Great question. I'd say Owenu. Okay. Honestly. Because, I mean, just look at the struggles of the offensive line this year. He was the one guy that I thought was pretty consistent. He had maybe one or two games where he made a couple of mistakes. But, like, other than that, he was as reliable as ever. And, you know, he might be a guy that he could make a lot of money as a free agent. But if you can lock him up, before he gets to that point, you could probably save a little money on him. Uh, he's a guy that, like, you know, he was a sixth-round pick that you could argue that they they made him who he is. You know, and, like, they get, get like, a Shaq Mason-type deal done with him. I'd, I'd be on board with that. And, uh, I mean, Uche, if he, if he is as legit as he showed in the second half of the year, like, I'd like to see an extension for him, but he might be too expensive. And he's still pretty one-dimensional. He's still just like a rotational pass rusher, as good as he was in that role. Yeah. And as important as it is to have a good pass rush, and it's good that they have like a good guy to compliment Matt Judon if, if uh, Josh Uche stays at this level. I'd still, I still think like the most important thing is putting a better team around Mac Jones, so that's why yeah. I would put Owenu at the top of that list. And as much as I love Kyle Duggar, I just don't think, like I just don't know that safety is just as important as a position as the other two. So, so... I'm I'm gonna say Duggar on this. I I think that first because of you all, think he's like a singular transcendent type of player. I think he can be a cornerstone player for your defense. The also in terms of specifically getting an extension done, we're not talking about just bringing back, but getting a deal done early. The price of safeties is skyrocketing more than like any other position, right? So I want to get the safety locked up as early as possible. I. Again, I, I think he's a player they can build around defensively. Devin McCourty, we don't know what his deal is. He, he sounds like he's going to retire. Adrian Phillips' contract is almost up. You know, this this whole depth wheel of safeties they've had is going to run out real quick. Who knows what's going to happen with Jabril Peppers moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. So having that position taken care of. And in terms of Onwenu, you, you said He's earlier, a guy that could franchise, too. I just thought They could of franchise that. him. It's a cheaper position to franchise. He's also, you said this before. They can develop offensive linemen. Like, mm-hmm. I trust them more to replace him 
as good as he's been, he might have been their best offensive player this year. But I, I think uh, yeah. they would have an easier time replacing him than Duggar. So I would get the extension done with, with Duggar first, Onwenu second. I'm just hesitant on Uche because it's really just like an eight-week sample size we have, 10-week sample size. Right, that's sort of as, what I'm saying. Yeah, as good I don't as know. he was, I'm not ready to make that long-term commitment. I haven't seen quite enough yet. Look, if he'll take like a super team-friendly deal because he wants the job security and he just wants to cash in on those 10 weeks, that's probably the way I look at it and say, yeah, okay, we can get this done. But I Duggar first and foremost to me just because I think he he's that kind of player. He's also, I mean, guys have talked about him sort of emerging as a leader. And you're going to need that on defense with Devin McCourty gone, for sure. So I would get him taken care of first. Michael Onwenu is a close second. Like, I, I'm i not going to push back on you saying it should be Onwenu. I don't think there's a right answer to this no, question. No, no. Um, Onwenu is a close second, and then and and then Uche. All right. I, well, I think to your point, Duggar probably has the best chance of those three to turn into, as soon as next, turn into, like, a truly, like, elite. All-pro player. Yeah, all-pro. Yeah. Pro. yeah. I think that's fair. If you ask me, like, who do I think they will <laughs> extend first? I say Owenu because he's he's been the most he was the most consistent, consistent and consistently dependable yeah. guy out of that list. And Bill just loves his his big boys. That's I, you know what? In terms of what they would do, not like what would I do? I actually agree with you. I think Owenu probably gets the look before Duggar because mm. sixth round pick, their guy, Michigan offensive line. Yeah, I, it just I, seems it's all lining up for that. Right. I'm with you on that. All right. So we've kind of set the stage. Here are some of the things they need to do this offseason. We've and talked now we're doing another two hours. <laughs> well, no, it's like we've talked about them all individually. So you just did biggest needs. You just did positions, right? You didn't do coaches. I just did positions on the roster. All right, so coaches unofficially. I'm sure the one. Facebook comments are all like, um, offensive coordinator. coordinator yeah. Um, yeah, coaches. Yeah. Where are the coaches on your list? Dole off. All right. Sorry. Give me, give me, give me some. We, we want to do the... Uh, how do you want to do this? Your list. How do you want to do it? Dollops, tears. All right. What do you want me to just give you the list? Start. Let's start from the bottom. Move up. Start from the bottom. Start up on the bottom. Now we thought on each one. I like that. For your thoughts on them, they're obviously posted on 98.5thesports.com. Go read it. But I'll I'll give a quick thought on each one. All right. What is their? Did you do every position or? Wait. Let me ask you this. Well, you you said while I was finishing it up, you said I should add like special teams, but I didn't. I didn't include just like a gunner. Okay, so I know we'll, they're going to lose we'll, Matt. We'll get Slater. to that, but but every other well, I, I, yeah, I sort of took some liberties. Well, no, but so like, I split linebacker up to inside and I outside. Like that. Uh, but defensive line is one spot, and offensive line I split into tackle okay. and interior. Well, so what I mean is like, so I, I did this a couple years ago when I was working for my previous employer, right? And I did ranking the Patriots' offseason needs by position, but I literally did every position. Like Brady was still on the team, I had quarterback. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, I have, so I have everything. Every, okay. I didn't like exclude a position because you think there's other than there. yeah, other than like Gunner. But you know, okay. So, so all right, what is the there? What is what is the position of the least okay. concern? So the, there are twelve position groups that I okay came up with in the end. Twelve out of twelve is running back because they have yeah. Stevenson, and I know you're big on like you can never have enough running backs, and I agree with that. But I don't think they need to make a big move for a running back. They don't need to draft one particularly high. Draft a kid in the sixth round, sign someone off the free agency, scrap heap if you want. But, you know, they have Stevenson, obviously. And I know Damian Harris is leaving, but they drafted Pierre Strong and Kevin Harris for a reason. Both those guys flashed this this past year. So I hope that both of them will take a step forward and be legit contributors. And hopefully they can take take off of Stevenson's plate by 
simply playing those guys more. And Ty Montgomery is going to be under contract for next year, and he looked like a guy who was going to be a legit contributor for them. And so I think I think they're good there. And I think I have it lowest on the list of needs because I think at at most just just grab a depth guy, maybe draft a guy late. But they don't need to make any big moves at running back. So that's at the yeah. bottom. I always say you need at least four running backs to get through a season. But if it's Stevenson, Strong, Kevin Harris, right? Damien's a free agent. Stevenson, Strong, Kevin Harris, and Ty Montgomery. That's not a bad group. Those two, the two rookies, they need to play more next year, and they do tend to redshirt their running backs. I do think they will play more, but assuming, uh, excuse me, assuming Montgomery's back, like I could see them getting a little antsy for a pass catcher. Jameer Gibbs was Alabama's running back. He's really one of those do-it-all, like elite receiving backs. If Bill O'Brien comes in, I could see them being real tempted to look at him in the second round. But oh, I'm with you. I, I that group should be enough. I they've wouldn't drafted, hate adding a body, but that group should be enough. They've drafted a, a running back in the middle, in the second, third, or fourth round three years in a row. Like, yep. They're just going to keep doing that, I guess? I don't know. I, I don't think they will do it, but I could see it. Being I get not spending on running back. Like, just keep cranking through draft picks. I get that. But this is a year where I'd be okay with it if they skipped that. I, I would be draft. as well. All right. I mean, that's why I got it at the bottom. Yeah. All right. What's I next? mean, I don't know if you're going to have something lower than that. Uh, 11 out of 12 is interior offensive line. You know, aforementioned Michael Wenu. I see him as a guy that they will resign. So I think they're going to be set at guard for yep. the next three, four years with him and Cole Strange. I know Cole Strange had his ups and downs, but that's what that's what happens when you have a rookie playing every snap. That's just you're going to have growing pains. And so I think Cole Strange can still be a good player. I think he's got the athleticism. I think Bill is going to mold him and develop him into a good player. And so I and they and they're set at center with David Andrews for the next couple of years. Maybe you got to look at centers. You know, maybe they draft a center late. They tr- they've well, tried they drafting Cody centers. Russi. They've Cody Russi. Okay, maybe Cody like. Russi is a guy they, yeah. they keep around as you know, and James Barons can play center in a pinch. Chase and Hines as well will come back okay. and offer some depth. So All right, to my point. They are set at center. I, I actually think objectively there may be more need to add a running back than interior offensive line, but they're both very low. I, I, right. I don't disagree with those. Being I think you two. could, yeah, you could make a, a case to flip those two positions. So that's fair. All right, next. All right, next. 10 out of 12. Safety. Ooh. You know, I know that they're losing Devin McCourty, but I think they're losing leadership more than personnel talent with the departure of McCourty. And I think you could replace his leadership with a guy who plays a different position, right? So I think they're, they're okay with Duggar, uh, Adrian Phillips, and maybe Jabril Peppers, and they like Joshua Bledsoe, so I think they'll, they're relatively okay at that spot. So that's why I have it low. I don't think they need to make a big move there. I'd put this higher. I don't think people realize how important that free safety position is. Um, but like, you don't think they're going to put Duggar back there? I just I think he's too good in the role he's in right now. I I think they might. I'd really rather they didn't. I let him continue to develop in the role he's in. Um, I. I think they need a true free safety. I really do. A guy who's experienced. You need to invest like significant. End. You need to invest significant capital in that. Whether it's a draft pick or a free, you don't think Joshua I don't think Bledsoe you need to draft, that or Phillips. I don't think you need to invest significant capital in that. But I, this is you don't it, think one of the guys they have now could do that. They're not. None of those guys are true free safeties. There aren't. Oh, okay, a ton okay. Of tr- what's a true free safety? I don't even. Like I honestly that, don't know. Like a guy who's because all of these guys now are hybrids. They play in the box. They play in the slot. They play deep. They maybe play on the boundary. Right. 
a guy who just has played the majority of his snaps at free safety. You don't see a lot of those guys yeah, anymore. And arguably like, preventing big plays is arguably more important than ever. Right. You know, Kirby Joseph on the Lions, uh, who had those picks of Aaron Rodgers, a guy out of Illinois, I thought would have been a perfect, perfect fit for them last year. Like, there's only one or two of these guys in every draft. I, I don't have the list of free agents in front of me. I think there are a couple. I And maybe it's something like, again, it's an imperfect example. They signed Ty Montgomery last year, who wasn't like the perfect replacement for James White, but you had a guy with experience in mm-hmm. that role in yeah. the NFL. I I would like to see them get an experienced NFL free safety on the roster. Now, get look, Deron Harmon back. Deron Harmon would be a great example. And look, maybe Deron Harmon doesn't win the job. Maybe Joshua Bledsoe beats him out for the job. But he's going to help Joshua Bledsoe get yeah. better there, right? And, See, and, that, that's sort of my point is that, like, yes, they're going to need a free safety. They're, there's going to be a domino effect no matter who they put back there. They're going to have to replace some safety somewhere. Losing McCourty, who you know, was a guy who played every snap. But that's sort of my point is that, like, they don't need to make a huge move to do that, which is why I just have it ranked low for that reason. There's not okay. as much urgency and there's well, not as much Well, let's see what you need. have above it. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm underestimating <laughs> some other got. needs. Yeah, let's see All right, next. number nine out of 12, and this is probably the most controversial ranking on this list. Quarterback. Yeah, no, that should be lower. Quarterback should be lower. Yeah, okay. much lower. Should be lower, so you put safety above quarterback, put I guess? Put safety above quarterback. I put running back above quarterback. I You have a you have a guy who, who I think has a chance to be the starter in Mac Jones. Bailey Zappi's an NFL backup. You think Mac has a chance to be a starter, huh? That's a yeah, hot take. Long-term starter. I know it is, but <laughs> yeah. Mac can be the guy long-term. Bailey Zappi's a good backup. It's a bad year to need a quarterback. I just, right. I look. If the draft looked a little different, if it was last year's class, or if guys like Grayson McCall declared he ended up staying in school, I might feel differently. But I, I just there's so many reasons not to touch a quarterback this year. There are a few too. There are a few reasons that suggest you should. But I think that the reasons not to significantly outweigh it. Okay, so if they don't touch the quarterback position, I'd be fine with that. Like you and me are on the same page when it comes to Mac Jones. I think he's their their guy for now. Uh, the reason I just don't have it at the very bottom of the rankings is that like I think they still got to keep looking if they if they want to get that elite franchise guy because I just don't think Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi are going to be that guy. So. Have a little bit of a smidgen of a look toward the franchise elite guys, and if it's not in the draft this year, that's fine. You can skip the draft this year, but I think you always got to be thinking about it, and so that's why I don't have it last on the list, but I have it very low because I think they'd be fine just going with Mac Jones and trying to build around him in his third year on his rookie deal where he's still inexpensive and you still don't really know what you have. It was kind of a wasted year the way it went for the offense this year. So that's why I have quarterback uh, ninth out of 12. I just think, you know, we've talked, we talked about this earlier in the show. I blew up about it. You already tested Mac as much as you, you really should probably test a young quarterback. He had to deal with the zappy chance all season. You draft a quarterback in the top one. Hell, if you draft a quarterback at all, they could take the Danny Etling equivalent this year in the seventh round. Mac's going to have to hear that guy's name chanted. Yeah. Like I just, at length, at length. it's it's you're you're back into setting him up to fail. It got ridiculous at the end. Of the, it it got insane with like Mac Jones. There would just be like an incomplete pass, or like just a standard run of the mill incompletion. Runs a guy would they call three runs the ball. and like they just immediately start chanting zappy zap. It's like what are you what are you doing? Don't don't <laughs> open the door for that more again. You, you gave the kid every obstacle he could realistically have, and he didn't overcome him. Tough. How about you actually give him a chance to succeed, and then okay. and then find out? So that right, that's well, we're why I'm at the quarterback. quarterback. It should be ranked. All right, keep going. <laughs> All right, eighth out of twelve. 
Yeah. Outside linebacker. Okay. I think they're pretty well set right now. You know, they go into the season with Matthew Judon, Josh Uche, Anthony Jennings, and then Ronnie Perkins, I think, will have still has a chance to, uh, you know, make an impact on the team. Well, look, after saw. Uche's year three jump, I think, with right. all these Uche, guys, we're going to hear this Uche now. Uche made a year three jump. You know, we could... Be, I, I, Jennings didn't make a jump, but I think he, you know, he was able to spell Judon a little bit because Judon didn't have to play as many running downs, right? And right. Jelani Tavai helped him out, but I know he's not an outside guy. But, you know, I mean, Judon's signed for two more years, but, like, I'm still waiting for him to start talking about money a little bit. I'm Getting still a waiting. Getting deal, yeah. He's, he's, he's only making $14 million. You know, he's sort of played like a $20 million player the last couple of years. So I wonder if that's going to start to creep in. And, you know, I, I don't know if Uche is going to be here long term. He might, if he plays well enough, he might price himself out of New England. And so after that, I just don't know if they, I don't know what they have with, with Jennings or, or, or Perkins. Maybe they have something there. I'm not, I'm not giving up on Ronnie Perkins yet because of the, the year three jump, like we just talked about with Uche. Uh, so I think that I wouldn't be surprised if they address that position in the draft with a legit, you know, day two pick. I don't know if there's a guy out there I mean, in the first round. They love taking edge guys on day two. They love yeah. it. I wouldn't be surprised if they took a day two outside linebacker uh, just to keep, you know, keep maintaining that depth for the long term. And so I think that's something that they might want to think about long term, but immediate short term, not a big need. I, I still put safety ahead of it. I don't disagree with anything you said, but, you know, when I when I do needs, I look at it in two categories, right? There's luxury needs and immediate needs. Immediate need is you don't have the players on the depth chart to fill out the run. Like you need those guys. Luxury need is like, yeah, we have NFL players at this spot, but we could be better. I like outside linebacker might be their top luxury need, but I, I still think safety is more of an immediate need. Okay. I'm going to get all the way to the end of it. See, I'm still putting safety up. It, it might happen. It might safety happen. might be number one for you. All right. Uh, seven is tight end. Uh, okay. You know, Johnny Smith to me is, is going to be cut. I don't think he'll be traded. I don't know if anyone will take that contract, but I think he'll be a post June one cut. Yeah. Which I believe will save them. Some cap money will save them about like five million against the cap, and so I think that's an that's an obvious move. That's a no brainer to me. I don't think I think uh, they've given him two years, and he hasn't lived up to the contract, not even close. Uh, and I think they, you can save money and and you know get a much better deal on a blocking tight end uh, by just signing someone, you know, and just yeah. or drafting someone late. And Hunter Henry's going into the final year of his deal, and Hunter Henry is a guy that I think we could talk about it down the road. A guy that I think they could try to keep long term, you know, re-sign him to. They they probably re-sign to less money that he's making right now, even with the production he's had. I know he took a step back this year, but the whole offense did. And so, right. tight end is like tight end is interesting. I was going to ask you, you: think it's a luxury need or an immediate? It's not really an immediate need. It's and it's not really so, a luxury. But this is a position where like they might want to draft someone legit, and I know that they haven't drafted particularly well at that position. You know the the. Devin Asiasi, Dalton Keene sort of necessitated the the signing of Hunter Henry and John right. Smith. Um, but th- that's a position they're going to have to think about, if, especially if Hunter Henry's not going to be staying here long term. So I think part of the luxury need thing, right, is you can address a need before it becomes an immediate need, right? You know, and, and that... Like an inside corner, like with Marcus right. Jones. You know? Well, th- that to me is where they're at a tight end, you know? Like you said, John Smith's in the last year of his deal. Who knows if he'll play it out? Hunter Henry's contract's going to be up soon. So tight end projects to be, and they have nobody else in the pipeline. Right. Tight end projects to be an immediate need in a year or two. 
but you know it's probably luxury need right now but I, yeah i i i'd put it up there in terms of of their of of their needs i i think as well just with this offense i would love to this, i don't know that i'd go into free agency and pay somebody at tight end i don't think you need to do that no i but, think they've i think they've uh seen all that has to offer i this is a really really good tight ends class in the draft oh really okay yeah yeah well, maybe I, they'll I, draft someone. i really like this class i think you know, late day two, early day three. Okay. Go get a project player. I Look, he might at the combine put himself out of their reach. The guy I would love for them to get is Darnell Washington from Georgia. 6'7", 270, originally was a blocking Jesus. tight end, really came on. <laughs> they gave him more receiving responsibilities this year, and he actually, like, succeeded in it. So, he, you know they'll be at that pro day. So Yeah. So, like, in my mind, right, you draft Darnell Washington – he gets a year to sit behind Hunter Henry and John U. Smith, maybe just sort of use him in the red zone, dip the toe in, and the next year when those guys leave, he already has a year of experience in the system, and boom, he can hit the ground rolling. Like, it doesn't have to be Darnell Washington. I think you can do that with any tight end, but I would love to see them take that approach to, to that position this offseason of draft a guy, they love redshirt and their skill position players, let him get that year under his belt, yep. and the next year when your tight end's leaving for agency, boom, you've got the next guy ready to go. That, I think that would be an ideal plan. Yeah. And so that's why I have tight end maybe higher than people might expect. So I still might have safety higher, but tight end <laughs> right. is up there. All right. We move to six out of 12. Six that I have inside linebacker. And so, you know, Juwan Bentley just had his, his, the best year of his career. Yeah. Most productive year of his career anyway. So I think he's he's here to stay. He's a captain. He's the leader of the linebacker room. Matt Judon credits him with being, you know, he's our leader. And so, like, I think he's he's a good player. He's, he's good to have in the room. He's a good leader and all that stuff. And so he's a guy I'm glad that they, they, they kept around. After him, they didn't get nearly enough out of Raquel McMillan, which I thought was a disappointment because he was looking good in camp. Uh, Mac Wilson didn't wasn't nearly the – they might have been better off keeping Chase Winovich than trading him for, for Mac Wilson. So they didn't get much out of him. Jelani Tavai was a, a your guy. Tavai was yeah. A, he, he had a Tavai good year. was he had a good year. Well, good year by his standard. He yeah, was for, pleasant, for what he needed to do. He was a pleasant surprise, and you know I I know like he he set a lot of edges. He was pretty good at that, and so like that. I, I mean, maybe that makes him like an inside outside hybrid. Yeah, but he's really an inside he's guy. Just, he's a good depth player. He's a good depth player. He's a guy that I expect that they will keep around. Or did they already sign? Well, him? they they signed that extension. Right, uh, right. I was, was going to say November, already, December, something like that. That was Bill like trolling us. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doing that out of nowhere in those. So yeah, no, he's a good guy. To, like Bentley and Tavai are good guys to keep around, but I think they could do better in terms of adding a legit starter to that mix. And that's a position where, like, you don't necessarily have to invest heavily in to get a good player or to get a player that Bill could get the most out of him, which is why I'm surprised that he didn't get the most out of McMillan or uh, guy Wilson. Wilson. Wilson, Mac Wilson, yeah. Uh, but he did get the most out of Tobias. So, I mean, like, I still think he can get the most out of a guy that he or like those kinds of strengths where you're a Tavaya type of guy. Get another guy like that, but preferably a little more talented, you know, a little more of a pedigree. So I think they could they could use an addition there. So I, I would like to see them upgrade here somewhat significantly. And I think Bentley, like you said, is great player, you know, great early down run stopping downhill linebacker. But in this game, like the modern game, you still need that athletic east west sideline to sideline off yeah. the ball middle linebacker that can cover that can rush the passer. And I think they're trying to find that guy. They, they were hoping Mac Wilson tried, could be that guy, but know, like you know, he's just not. Well, well but here's my enough. thing. They signed Raekwon McMillan coming off an injury. 
right, off multiple injuries. They they trade Chase Winovich for Mac Wilson on the last year of his rookie deal, a guy that fell out of favor in in, in Cleveland. They tried drafting Cameron McGrone in the fifth round as yeah, like McGrone. a you know value pick. And you said Bill can develop these guys. Well, he's over three. Right. 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 I, I actually. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, maybe don't draft. A, just sign a guy in free agency that you might be familiar with or you might feel comfortable well, with, the, you know, talking to his former coach or GM or like that, you know, I get another Tavaya, but like preferably someone a little more athletic. No, they, they they need that legitimate like three down athletic middle linebacker. They do. And. That guy could exist in fantasy, could exist in the draft. Henry Toe Toe from Alabama, I think, is a fantastic fit. That guy is going to get a phenomenal review from Nick Saban when Bill Belichick asked him. Saban is a huge fan of this kid. Uh, First-year team captain. He had to be first round? So, he, and here's why it's interesting. So, he was outstanding last year in 2021. It was his first, so, he transferred from Tennessee to Alabama. In his first year in Alabama 2021, was named a captain and was the defensive signal caller, the green dot equivalent. They don't wear green dots in college, but that role. First year in that in that system, first year, great year. He was probably going to be a late first, early second round pick. Decided to go back to school. He didn't have as good of a year this year. He was kind of banged up. Now he's projected to be like a second, third round pick. I know I just said uh, enough of the value, guys. This is the this is the exception. I He's a guy I would look at. I mentioned Servassier Dennis before. Demario Overshone's probably more of an edge player, but I, I don't know that they need to draft a guy, but like the options are there for them in the draft if they want to add that kind of player. It's not, you know, again, McMillan off injuries, Mac Wilson on the final year of his rookie deal. You know, right. it's guys that enough with the scrap heap. Like it's, it's guys I, I, that have shown tremendous talent. Right. Get a guy that has some legit talent or he's established or, you know, draft a guy high. Like I think like I a cornerback still, but like that is a spot where if you got like a legit infusion of talent, you could take your defense to another level. So another guy I'd add to into that, I, I, I should have added, uh, and he's now you're talking about they probably have to either reach in the first round or trade up in the second round. Noah Sewell, Penay Sewell's brother Ooh. from Oregon's middle linebacker, he can fly around the field. So I love that. it's always I always love the brothers where like one played offense, the other played defense. Oh, wait, it's like everywhere. Wait till we get to corner, my friend. Every sport. wait until we get to corner. <laughs> Is corner next? That would be a cool. No, I don't cornerback think it is. is not no. next. Okay, what's next? All right, so uh, four. We're right, six, we're in the top five now. Top five. Yeah, fifth out of twelve is I just said kicking game. Yeah, and so that includes kicker, punter, long snapper, and I get it. Punter, long snapper, not the most important positions, not the hardest to find. Ah! But I think we saw in the second. Hold on, Barth. Let me finish. Yeah, please. We, we saw in the second half of the year that you don't want to have to worry about your punter. Correct. And, uh, you know, Michael Pilardi was was just straight up uh, awful. And who knows what's going to happen with this grievance. Right. And who knows what Jake Bailey's future holds in New England. I know they signed into that extension, but it seems like he's pretty disgruntled now. He was injured. Who knows if he's even going to be the same player when he's when he's back on the field. So, like, all of a sudden, like, since his all-pro year, like, Jake, Jake Bailey's only gone downhill, I thought. And yeah. I think he, he didn't have a terrible year this year when he was out there. No, but he was pretty bad. He was... I, uh, he had his moments. I he thought he was under forty yards. Okay, well, he punt. wasn't as bad as Pilardi. Pilardi That's was still true. worse. Pilardi, well, so you want to know? Didn't, there weren't a lot of games he came out of and saying like Jake Bailey like really cost them or really hurt them in that game. Pilardi was week after week. Pilardi had the worst net punt average in the league among qualified punters. I forget who was ahead of him, but ahead of that guy was Jake Bailey. 
<laughs> so okay, so yeah, they might need a. You don't want to like. I know it's not hard to find a good punter. You can get a good punter. They could probably find someone in the draft. You know, undrafted, whatever. But you don't want to have to worry about that. You want to be able to set it and forget it. Same exact thing with long snapper. I don't. I'm not going to pretend that I know how to evaluate long snappers, but. Joe Cardona's contract is up. He just went on IR, so like they they got to find a long snapper. Maybe the guy that they they played late in the season is is going to be their guy, but that's a guy you got to think about. But like kicker to me is always the position that like it's always more important than people want it to be. Yeah, it's not. That's a position where again you just want to have a guy you can rely on who's consistent that you don't have to worry about. Nick Folk has been a a blessing. For yeah. this team in the post Steve Go- Steven Goskowski era, like they drafted Justin Roy Wasser, and then he got, you know, and then he had the whole thing. Uh, you know, they've, they've tried to pull, pull up other kickers, Quinn Nordine, Tristan Vizcaino. Like they're, they're taking shots at that position because they know they want to get a guy that they know that will take the field for them every week and be consistent and reliable. And Nick Folk has been that, but he's also started to, started to show his age here. Yeah. The second half of the year, he's 38 years old. And so he's under contract, so they might. Roll with Nick Folk for one more year, but I don't. Who, maybe he retires. Who knows what's going on there? And you don't want to have to worry about the kicker. You don't want to have to be holding your breath every time your kicker comes up because you don't know if he can make a big kick in a in a big spot or if he has the ability to hit a long field goal. You you want to have a good kicker. And I know these guys these these things aren't necessarily hard to find. A good kicker is sort of hard to find, in my opinion. You know, and so like I think yeah. they sort of made it look easy with Nick Folk. They sort of struck gold there, but like. This the whole kicking game and throw throw the gunners in there. The whole kicking game, kick covers. That's something that's they need to address. So, I, I, I think Cardona will be back. I think he will. We don't have to go too long on this. Either. I know. I know. I, I'm just gonna say, <laughs> really good draft for kickers, especially guys they like. Michigan, Ohio okay, State, so both have good kickers. Get a kicker. Jake Moody is a guy they're gonna like. Moody. Harrison Mevis as well. Beavis, the, the fat kicker from Missouri that doesn't warm up. <laughs> He's good though. He's good. He doesn't practice. He just runs up and kicks the ball. Yeah. That's funny. And he's like 260 pounds. It's hilarious. Christ. But he's good. But he can hit it from like 68 yards. Yeah. Um, punter, it sucked. Tory Taylor, the punter from Iowa, is like generational punter, freak. Just like real good. He's going back to school. So he's out of the question. Besides him, not much in this class. You are, they, they need coverage players, though. They need, you're going to lose Slater. Cody Davis coming off the injury. He's 34. Who knows where he's at? Coverage units weren't good this year to begin with. Yeah, I get a new coordinator, but I don't know. That's not and you got to remember how the Patriots evaluate things. They put a ton of weight on the end of the season. Those last game, the last game, those last couple games, they put extra weight on those. So, rough taste in the mouth on that one. Yeah. need and, and we talked about the coaches. We didn't bring up Cam Accord. Yeah, he's probably something that needs to be evaluated as well. But kicker. Punter, coverage players, all in the books this offseason. I have no problem where you put that. Sure. Of course. I think that honestly could have been higher on my list. So you want to move on to the next yep. one? All right. Number four. And this is a position that I've like that I've been harping on. I, I feel like more than anyone. <laughs> I feel like nobody seems to be listening to me or agreeing with me on this one. I have defensive line fourth out of twelve. Okay. And that that's not a knock on Christian Barmore, but maybe durability is going to be a thing for him because it took him a while to come back from that. Knee injury, it didn't seem like a serious knee injury. Maybe there's stuff we didn't know about, but like they tried, he tried to come back and then he had to go on IR. And it's like they, they, I think they thought he was going to come back sooner than he ended up coming back. And so, like, if you have to start managing his knee, you know, like Christian Barmore, I think can be a difference maker when he's out there. But, you know, if, when he's out there, when he's out, you've got 
Daniel Aquale, Devon Godshaw, and you know Lawrence Guy's on the back end of his career. I'm not sure about his contract. Is he still under contract? I don't know. Who? Lawrence Guy. But like yeah. even he's not the same but not player yet. that he used to be. And like you know, I like Aquale. I think he I think Aquale's made progress uh, since coming here. But I think they could really add. They still could use uh, Dietrich Wise is another one who yeah. he had one sack in his last seven games. He really dropped off in terms of production. He was on his way to having a he was having an excellent year in the first half and then yeah. sort of dropped off. Uh, as we also took significantly over. more than he's ever played. Yeah, he played a lot, and so like I'm, I'm I, I like Dietrich Wise. I'm glad they have him. Yeah, but I still think this is a spot where they could add some legit talent. Whether it's and I say defensive line because they tend to move guys around anyway. And like a defensive sure. end in this system could play defensive tackle somewhere else, and so like I say, five technique. They, I'm still calm. I'm still waiting for that five technique part, okay. that, that legit guy. And if they could add another defensive lineman to complement Barmore and the outside linebackers, then I think your pass rush is really popping. So I, I still have defensive line as 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 one of the top needs for him. So I'd have this a little lower. I'd put safety ahead of it. I'd put specialists <laughs> ahead of it. But I, no, it's a you sneaky... You and the freaking safeties. It's a sneaky big need, but uh, funnily, funny enough, I think I view the need the opposite that you do. There are defensive ends. You have, uh, you have Dietrich Wise. You just paid. You just made a captain. Like, he's going to be part of it. Mm-hmm. You also just drafted Demarcus Mitchell and Sam Roberts. Or, you drafted Sam Roberts. You signed Demarcus Mitchell's UDFA. They'll, they'll have LeBron Ray, too. I would think coming back. I'm okay with where they're at on the edge. They, they could add they could add a defensive end, but I'm all right with that. Mm. But, you know, behind, forget even behind Christian Barmore, in terms of, you know, early down, Devon Godshaw has got one year left on his deal. We talked about, you know, kind of getting to these needs before they come, before they become immediate needs. Aquale and Carl Davis are both free agents. Those are guys that have played some good football. They might get some looks around the league. You know, they both came back on very friendly, very team-friendly one-year deals. They might see a little more money coming their way this offseason. Okay. So, so you're saying tackle, defensive tackle over defensive end is what you're saying. See, that's why I combine them. Or it's like it doesn't, I don't care if it is the five technique or if it's a, a nose tackle or like a defensive tackle that can, can put next to Barmore. Just get someone. Someone so, for that line. Someone, a legit talent. Like I, That's another position where I feel Bill gets the most out of guys. Like he got, yeah. I think he's getting the absolute most out of a guy like Daniel LaQuale right now. Give him a legit player there, like Barmore. Right. You and know? I, I, I should have when I was I was going through it. Lawrence Guy's back, but he's kind of older. He's dropped off. Yeah, no, I yeah. I would put defensive end lower. Like I, that, I just think you need a body. I don't think you, that needs to be a big investment. You want to tell me defensive tackle early on day three or, or a defensive tackle on the first day of free agency? Yeah, yeah, that, that would probably be a, a good move. And that's a move where people might raise eyebrows. People like, are going to roll their eyes. What are they doing that for? But, like, but I don't know. I think it's sneaky and need. I, I don't disagree with you. I, I, I would not hate them beefing up the interior of that defensive line. I'm with you on that one. All, All right. right. Uh, number three, we're in the big three here. All right. Number three is wide receiver. You know, we've talked we've talked ad nauseum about that position already on this very podcast, so I don't think we need to get into it too much. But it just goes back to, to call back to what we were saying earlier. They have good players at receiver. They have two good receivers under contract for next year, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne. But, you know, Jacoby Myers is going to be a free agent. He could get paid I think somewhere. Paid, the way he yeah. played, you know, like I look at like the, the Eagles, you know, the, the put him in the middle, put him oh. in between Brown oh, and, and Devontae Smith. You know what I mean? Like Dolph. I could see that. I could see the Chiefs looking at it. I could see any like no, I, the I, Eagles. No, you've sold me. That's such, whole, that's such a good fit. <laughs> Somebody told me the Packers the other day, 
And I was like, wow, that would well, be a really good fit. But well, like, the Packers could, should be on every receiver list. Right. Assuming know. Rodgers comes back. But, but well, I just think in terms of plugging you, into, you into a team. You that, that Eagles offense? Yep. Wow. Yep. You put him as the third down chain wow. mover. Wow. To compliment the big play guys like that Damn. would be a great but that's just to my point that like I think he's going to have suitors in free agency yeah. I don't yeah, I will. don't know that he's going to be a guy that the Patriots could say hey go go best of luck see what you got and then like he won't get as a big offer as he thinks and he has to crawl back to the Patriots and take whatever they offer I don't think Jacoby Myers no, is going to be that guy Christian Kirk ruined any chance for that last year right yeah yeah the Christian Kirk effect his, is, his numbers is are comparable if I'm him I'm going to the negotiating table that's where I'm starting He's yeah, Christian Kirk. Thing. Right. But it just just to continue, uh, just to keep calling back to what we were talking about before. It's right. like a good elite number one wide receiver is is just like it's it almost supersedes everything. It's like a trump card. Like it, what you, like you saw with that Diggs touchdown to Josh. We we talked about it. it's like you can do everything perfectly. And, you know, it's just they just chuck it up there and the receiver brings it in. You know what I mean? Like if they had that element in the offense, like I think that that can really elevate a team, especially with the way the league is now and the rules and all that. And so that's why I think even though they, they could be, even if they lose Myers and they have, you know, Bourne, Parker, Thornton, like that's a solid group, but they still could use that true number one guy. This is more arguably the number one position on the team where like you want to add like a true elite high end guy. And so that's why, that's why I have receiver high on the list. Yeah. So I agree with you. It is a big need, but you can't, Tyquan Thornton in the middle rounds, you don't need to make that move, right? Nelson Aguilar getting like a middle receiver on the yeah, market Aguilar's to add depth, probably, like, and he's Aguilar's probably gone. Hopefully gone. But I'm saying, like, you don't need to add it. You have the bodies. You The bodies are fine. It's not about right. depth. Don't add more depth because you're going to end up knocking Kendrick Bourne off the depth chart again. <laughs> Every, like, I think Kendrick Bourne's a really good number two. I think that, uh, you know, Devontae Parker and Tyquan Thornton are really good situational wide receivers. But right now, you have Kendrick Bourne as your one, Parker's your two. Th- like, you just need to bump yeah. everybody down a peg. And if I get the that- guy you sign doesn't move those three guys down the depth chart. Like, the guy you, you add needs to unquestionably, day one of OTAs, be your number this one wide number receiver. One guy. The guy yeah. that is going to play 90% of the snaps in every game. This is the guy. I don't think that guy exists in the draft this year. And I'm not sure Bill even, does Bill really even believe in that idea? It, 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 he wouldn't admit sense. it anyway. In what sense? In what sense? That like he has to have that number one go to guy, or does he prefer to be able to spread the ball around, have uh, good players at every spot? Both. I think he values spreading the ball. Do you think he loved the idea that they had to feed Rob Gronkowski every single game because well, he was they that did, elite they guy? Had Edelman. Yeah, but like Gronkowski was the like you need a big play. You this is the guy. Yeah. Well, but that's what that's it's not feeding the guy. It's the big play guy. Right. So the other thing I'd add is, is it up to Bill or is it up to, <laughs> you know, if I'm the OC, whoever it is, Bill O'Brien, whoever, first thing I'm doing is going to Bill and saying, you need to get me and Mac a wide receiver. Yeah. Like the. And I think they're trying. I think Thornton is an attempt at that, but like. I, no attempt. No attempts. Nope. And that's why I'm like so out on the, the you're draft saying with it. Do there is no try? Yes. Master Yoda? I don't. Quentin Johnson, I. I, I get people see Quentin Johnson at the top of the like projected boards. Oh, he must be really looking at him. Six four and TCU went to the natty and all that. Kevin White and Akil Harry. He's just not, yeah. you know, best case scenario, he's um 
uh, like Devin Funches, Kelvin Benjamin. Like oh that. God! All right, we don't have to get. But you're saying here's, like here's my point. Here's you're my saying point. these are all like sort of half-assed attempts. Well, because they like they, well, they have tried for years now. Like well, so Josh that's my Gordon point. Let me say this: like Antonio Brown and like oh, I think Devonte Parker counts as an attempt Quentin to have that Johnson guy. Quentin Johnson. They they can't develop receivers. They can't. Quentin Johnson might be a good NFL player elsewhere. He's not going to work in New England. Jordan Addison might be a good NFL player else. probably will be. Not New England. I'm guessing Pittsburgh. Go get me somebody who has done it, who has proven they can do it. Hopkins, Judy, those kinds of players. I, I don't want to. I Has well, Judy has Judy proven? I mean, I would take him. Yeah, but like, it, I it, don't know. The ability is there, but the consistency and the production hasn't been. <sighs> I watch him individually on tape. I think he can be a number one. I think he's been limited by the quarterback. Okay. So you think if they trade for Jerry Judy, that is like they have their guy. Jerry Judy no, is no unquestionably question. their best wide receiver and a legitimate threat. And, but he will be. The their amount of times one. I've watched Jerry Judy. He get, is oh, their number one receiver, but will he actually be that go-to elite guy? The amount of times I've watched Jerry Judy get open and then get wildly overthrown or underthrown by like Drew Locke <laughs> or Russell Wilson or whoever yeah, yeah he pretty, hasn't been in the best situation. I, I, again, I take, I'd rather, but like, don't know. Oh, you know, Taekwon in the second round, or oh, we'll pay this guy who was a number two elsewhere and like Brandon Ayuk, right? You know, people bring him up. It's a lot easier to play that role when you got Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey, right? It's Hopkins, like they, they, they're sort of running it like they still have Tom Brady. It's right, like, guys, I think you need to get out of that. Go mentality. get the guy that there is no debate when they get him. Yeah, all right, they have their number one wide receiver like that. Anybody else, I'm not interested. You have all the depth pieces. You had, you're not going to draft anybody who doesn't give you what Kendrick Bourne, Devontae Parker, or Tyquan Thornton already gives you, right? Yeah, right. Go get the guy that's just there is the answer. I like it. Easier yeah, said I than think- done, but like that... Wide receiver is a huge need, but only in that sense. I'm not having that conversation beyond that guy. You say, Sorry, go ahead. You say easier said than done, but like I don't know, these big trades keep happening. So I hope I don't know if I, the yeah, Patriots will do that, but it's possible. All right, let's move on. Right. I, yeah, like the higher we go up this list, the less we really need to talk about because yeah. we've already gone over it. Number two, cornerback. Okay, then it's just the outside cornerback, the big number one outside cornerback. We've been over it. We talked about this a lot before. Get, yeah. Get Sam Smith or Khalil Ringo in the first yeah. round. Like, that might be your best bet. I don't know if that guy's out there in free agency. I don't know if you want to trade for that guy. But you got to get that press man corner. Right. I'd even take Stephon Gilmore back, but I don't know how much he has left, if he's going to stay healthy and all that. If you get a nice infusion of good, young talent, a big guy that can sort of hang with those top receivers, that'll take your – I think that'll you know be a boon for the defense, and so that's why I have it. At uh, number two, even though some people might have receiver higher, or even quarterback, maybe. No, this, you, you got would have this safety one right. higher. No, probably. no, I wouldn't. You got this one right. And the key word <laughs> there is size. It. The key, like they need a big corner because you saw them get bullied by teams like the Raiders and the Bengals with all these six-two plus wide receivers. They are going to be really tempted by a guy named Travis Hodges Tomlinson in the draft. He's TCU's boundary corner. He he won the the award for the best corner in the nation this year. His man cover skills are impeccable. He's a projected fourth round pick. Why he's five eight, and there's questions whether or not he can play on the boundary in the NFL. They're going to look at him and say, "We just made Jonathan Jones boundary corner. We can do it with this guy." They size 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 <laughs> size at the position. They, they need it. Please get me a nice six foot one guy. Please six foot one minimum. 
Minimum six one. Yeah, position. but I think it gets to a point where you like almost too big, like a Joan Williams. And by the way, I teased before Travis Hodges Tomlinson is uh, LT's nephew, Ladanian Tomlinson's nephew. Oh well, I don't know. I don't know. They did the lights out dance seventeen years ago. They were, LT might not be a fan of Belichick. Uh, that that's when I could see. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Number and one. number one, uh, of course, is offensive tackle. I think we've been over this. I think going. Depend leaning on Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn was a huge risk that especially switching them yeah. <laughs> between left and right that was a huge gamble that I think sort of I don't know if, if it was underreported or not talked about enough but like the fact that they depended on these two guys with their history of injuries and uh, with especially Trent Brown's history of you know sort of going off the reservation being disengaged and all that I think depending on those guys to not just play every week but be the be like the rocks of the offensive line at, at on those edge spots. I think it was a huge gamble and it didn't pay off. And like I think they they probably could have drafted a tackle last year, and I think they absolutely have to this year. And it's this could be the this could be like the Bill has been. I don't know if he's doing it on purpose, but he's been known to like we go into the year saying they absolutely need this. They have to address this position. They have to do it high in the draft, and he just doesn't draft anybody. Like remember, remember, like oh, they absolutely have to draft a quarterback. Yeah, they had Danny Etling in the seventh. Right. Round. Yeah. And like I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion they're going to do that. They're just like not going to address tackle. Well, they have. But to. I don't know. I feel like they have to. I would even take an expensive free agent. I don't know who's going to be out there. Orlando Brown, I think, might be out there. But there's like, a couple guys. There's a good free agent. I tackle would take. Class. I'd take a big free agent signing at tackle personally because I just know that that's a guy that Bill would know how to work with him and get the most out of him. So tackle number one, number one need. Mike McGlinchey's a name to know. Oh, okay, you'd be the fits, right tackle, right? Fits. So I here here's how I change your list. I think offensive tackle should be one and two, even if they add one offensive <laughs> left tackle, tackle, right tackle. Even if they add a tackle, okay. tackle still might be the biggest need after that. So if I were to, yeah, if I were to split left tackle and right tackle, they'd still be one two. I, sort of. I, I I here here's my thinking on it. Right, Isaiah wins a free agent. He's gone. You got one more year. Trent Brown. Trent Brown can play either side, right? So, oh, I didn't realize Brown was here. He's <laughs> I got thought they were both free agents. No, he's got one more year under contract. Okay. Sign McGlinchey, whoever veteran. Like, top, don't, same thing I said with wide receivers. Don't dabble. Top of the market. They have a ton of cap space. Sign a top tackle. Then draft a tackle with a premium pick. Worst case scenario, that guy sits for a year because Trent Brown holds up. If not, you have the guy you signed and the guy you drafted, and boom, those are your two tackles. Which is probably what they should. I would do that and figure out a way to get out of Brown's deal. All right, sign, take a kid of fourteenth, sign a Mike McGlinchey, and then yep, and roll with that. I'd be yeah, I'd be on sign with right. They they are solid enough in enough positions where they can double dip. I wouldn't draft two guys because you're asking a lot of rookies at that point. I wouldn't sign two guys because it's just going to be stupid expensive. That position, sign one. This this is a textbook sign one draft one for me. Sure. Yeah, no, I'm completely on board with that. I would love it if they addressed it in the draft because I just know that I just I, I still have confidence that Bill knows how to pick players and develop them well. So I mean, I that's I mean that might be an argument for just take a guy in the middle rounds, but tackle is a spot where I think especially now like more than ever, like the real legit tackles are yeah. going higher. It's harder than ever to find value at that spot. So go big a tackle. That's that I think that should be the plan. And this year. It's a good year in free agency for tackles. It's a good year in, in the draft for tackles. Take advantage. Get yourself set long-term at those two premium positions, left tackle and right tackle, and then whoever your quarterback is, whether it's Mac or not, 
you know that guy's going to be protected. That's why I always I'm just worried that Bill's going to do the contrarian thing because he's just he just does that sometimes where it's like it's a big year for this. He's got great class for this. Take advantage, and he just does the complete opposite. Well, Doesn't even they're just not even going to take tackles. It's going to be Will Sherman and and uh, and Yanni Kajust are going to be your tackles. Next we will year. see. All right. We're we're pushing like two hours here. This is a great That's pod. Good. I'm glad we this was fun. It's a good pod. We got it was therapeutic. You know, we've, this is consider this your off season primer. Right, we've we can laid take a, it. I think we, we can laid take it a couple out. months off from pods for a while. You know, we'll, we'll come back next time. There's like big news. Right? Yeah, yeah, big news. We is. should do like if they make a big signing, we should do like a, an emergency. Well, pod. I was going to say the next thing hopefully is the OC. Yeah, right. I think when that happens, we can come back we'll and do an emergency. Back. It won't pod. be. It doesn't need to be that two being hours. Said, I'm gonna, that being said, it's going to happen today, and so we're going to have to come in and do another it's hour. It's going to happen as soon as we get off the air. For this. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so to to keep track of where we're at, you know, where this podcast is at, um, uh, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, the Patriots Auto Feed. You also get interviews with players, things like that. And for more offseason coverage, if you want more on Matt's list there, the biggest uh, offseason needs, 98.5thesportshub.com. All of my. 10-point plan for the offseason coming up uh, probably beginning of next week. So keep an eye out for that. So thank you to everybody for listening all season. Looking forward to talking to you throughout the offseason. For Matt Dolph, I'm Alex Barth. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. See you.